Welcome to the Main Men Project. This is your man, DB, transformed from trauma victim into a victor over trauma and your emotional empowerment coach. You are now inside the project where every Monday we're bringing you an empowering person or message to dismantle society's false sense of masculinity and change the male narrative. Thanks for coming through today. There are many things men do to have a type of power we associate with masculinity. We have to perform and stay cool. We're supposed to conquer, be on top of things, and call the shots. We have to tough it out, provide, and achieve. Meanwhile, we learn to beat back our failures, hide our emotions, and suppress our Michael Kaufman. My guest today is a co-owner of High Tension Wrestling that curated the Camp Leap Frog series on IWTV. He's also a mentor and motivational speaker, my good friend Alex Watt, also known as Kilowatt. Listen, this is going to be a great show. Make sure you leave us a rating and review. Also, be sure to share, share, share with those you think will benefit from this show. The Made Men Project is for every man and every woman that has men in her life that she loves and cares for. Now let's get to the show. Hey yo fellas, we, we made men, we made men. Try to believe that within. I just wanna be a good man. Okay, I know you all, but tell me you a good man. Tell me you're a good man. So many men are being crushed. Societal demands to be tough. Yes you, yes you are enough. Okay. I just wanna be a good man. I can't relate to you brother, cause you're a good man. Yes you are a good man. Right beside you, I'm right behind you. I know that life could be hard. Right? You're not a coward, you got the power for talking about your scars. No, you're not so. Let me inspire you, empower you because society may want to see you fall. You got another brother to call. So many men are being crushed. Societal demands to be tough. Yes, you yes, you are enough. Don't bluff. Okay. I can't relate to you, brother, cause you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man. Hey, hey, I'm here, my brother. Yes, you, yes, you are enough. I just want to be a good man. I can't relate to you, brother, because you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Made Man Project. I'm your host, DB, and today I'm bringing on the co-owner of High Tension Wrestling, creator of the Camp Leapfrog series on IWTV, which is a personification of inclusivity and positivity within the wrestling world, my good friend, Alex Watt better known as the kilowatt today That's alex right. is going to help me dismantle society's false sense of masculinity because so many men are being crushed on societal demands to be tough denying the kind of vulnerability sensitivity or any internal hurt and pain it's time to change that narrative so listen it's going to be a great show with so many things you guys are going to pay attention to but first really quickly if you're a man who knows that you have the potential to do great things but just not sure how to get from where you are to where you want to be trapped in mental and emotional bondage and being crushed on the self-limiting beliefs and behaviors, it's time to stop struggling with the stress, anxiety, self-doubt, and fear. And look me up on LinkedIn at DB Empowers and send me a message and we will book you a free, no pitch clarity call so you can learn about me and my team and if and how we can help you master your emotions and begin maximizing your full potential to the highest level in the next 60 days. Okay, Alex, a.k.a. the Kilowatt, my man. What's up, brother? Welcome to the show. 
man, I'm glad to be here, man. I've been following you and what you've been doing for a while. And man, I love it. I absolutely love it. Hey, man, I, I want to say thank you for all your support, man, and all your kind words of affirmation. You're right. You have been following me. You're always liking, sharing, supporting what we got going on, man. I know the movement that you got going on, man. I, I just want to say, man, I'm very impressed of, of, of what you're doing, man. You are a person who's out here living his dreams and going after yeah. what he wants. And, and I know it's not easy to any man out here. That's, it's not easy to, to go after what you want. But once you identify what you want to do and you go after with everything that you have, good things will happen, brother. So I'm proud of you. I know how big wrestling is to you and what that means to you in your world. And I yeah. love the space that you're in, brother, and everything you're doing for this great, great sport that impacts so many people, man. So I love what you got going on, brother. I appreciate that. Thank you. No problem, man. So listen, man, I want to jump right into it. We're going to have a ball along here. Just a little bit quick background, man. Me and yeah. Killer Watt used to work together in a juvenile corrections facility at, I'm not going to mention the place we were at, but we're just going to call it the <laughs> academy. Right. Um, and despite of the things that we had to deal with there, man, we we, 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 we bonded. We actually came in together in the same year, 2012. Um, and we, we was in the same training class and we had a, we had a heck of a training class. That was a great group a right great there. Um, we, yeah, we had a great group and we bonded and, you know, he's a man that's doing great things, man. And, um, we, we had some great times at the Academy, man. And it was, it was, fun. It was some rough times, but you know, the people that you work with, man, make those, those ups and downs a whole lot sweeter, man. So, yeah. yeah. All right, Killer Watt. So we're going to jump into it, brother. Let's, let's All right. jump into it. So. As a child, man, who and what was your example of a man? Man, that that that's that's tough for me. Uh, yeah. I didn't I didn't really have that mm. at all. Uh, you know, I was raised pretty much by my mom, and yeah. uh, I'm sure when we get into it, you know, it, it's her and I have had some struggles, and yeah. you know, she she was a young parent, and uh, mm. every example of a man that I had at that time, like my first memory in life, is, is my father attacking my mother. Mm. Um, and then my brother's father, who, uh, he came into the picture. Uh, he was also, uh, like a, a drug addict and, uh, just not, not a good example of a man. I, I didn't really have that. Um, oddly enough, if you fast forward to, uh, sometime during my seventh grade year, yeah. um, again, my, my mom was young. She didn't really know how to be a parent at the time, like no offense to her or anything, but uh, she utilized those services that we used to work in. And uh, one of those services, they utilized respite care and all sorts of things mm -hmm. uh, to, to deal with me and, and, and my misguided ways. Uh, they ended up putting me in Devereaux. I don't know if you know that place. Yeah, I, know. I used to work at Devereaux myself. Yeah. Right on. So I was, I was a uh, client at Devereaux. I was supposed to be there for a year. Mm -hmm. I ended up getting out within four months. Um, but that was where I had my first real mm. encounter with positive male role models. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, we know one of those uh, people to be Mr. Brian Barnhill. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Who we came into the academy Wow. Wow. <laughs> the sizzle. I remember. Yeah, sizzle. I remember that, man. Uh, Brian Barnhill is a great dude, man. But yeah, yeah. that's that's deep, man. That's deep. So. Yeah. At that age, when you was going through all that, when you was going through the struggles, you know, living with a single parent for some time, what did being a man mean to you at that time, at a young age, when you thought about what a man is or, or what you've seen in a man, what did that mean to you to be a man at that age? Honestly, like, for me, it was, it was something I didn't want to be. 
with with mm. what I with what I had, like yeah. not like like what, what what my image of a man was with these really toxic people. Yeah. So like the my early days of learning were to learn what I didn't want to be, mm. and, and like I had to formulate like the things that I admired growing up were like watching friends on TV or home improvement and these family styles that I was not exposed to other than on television. Yeah. Steve Urkel and, and Mr. Mr. Carl Winslow was my dad at the time, my yeah. man. You know, <laughs> TJR Friday, right? Thank God it's for you. Yeah, yeah that, that was like, honestly, yeah. that was that was the home life that I got exposed to every Friday night for a two hour block that yeah. I, was, I yeah. wasn't getting that. And so like mm-hmm. a lot of my morals and my high standards for like, compassion and love come from tv shows from the 90s wow that's that's powerful though man and that's, and that's real because a lot of yeah. us was like you know we're like that man you know i'm not going to say you know cliff huxtable raised me but i once again tji friday that was i loved that two-hour block on friday nights you know i, I watched yeah. that I, I wanted that uh boy meets world i wanted yeah. a dad like they had like you know what i'm saying i, I wanted yeah. and i wanted a mr what was it, Faye Lee? I forget his name, but uh, Mr. Feeney. Yeah, Feeney. I wanted a Mr. Feeney, I, and I had that in the teacher as a as a as a as a male role model when I was in fifth grade. God rest his soul, Mr. McNeil, who just yeah. passed a couple months ago due to cancer. But I had he was my Mr. Feeney. He was someone that guided me. So I, I definitely get where you're coming from, brother. So let's jump into, you know, where you were to where you are now, man. Share your story. How did you get to this place that you are now, brother? So uh, a lot of it starts with uh, Devereaux. That was a big thing for me. It changed yeah. my life. Like I didn't think as a kid that I had issues or that I had problems. Mm. I, I just didn't, I didn't have anybody to guide me or teach me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just, I was misguided. I was a pain in my yeah. mom's butt. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that plays like Mr. Mr. Brian Barnhills and, and the people like him there you know, like, and, and you know, and I'm not, I'm not weird to say it. A lot of my role models is, is, is positive black men. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a mentality there. Um, it just, it did a lot for me. Um, so that carried me through when I got to get back into society. Um, it changed my mentality going into high school. Like I, I wasn't into peer pressure or any of that dumb mm-hmm. stuff that people get into um that that never affected me i always kind of had that strong resolve to like just be me yeah Uh, that that was important um but another thing that hit me is 11th grade i decided to take it easy uh and and take the drama class which is an easy a right yeah yeah and i fell in love with it (laughs) i fell in love with the drama i fell in love with acting and uh, that all happened because I found a girl that was participating <laughs> in it. So I'm like, you know what? Funny how that works. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I, lo- I loved I loved the theater more than I loved her. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, but what happened is uh, I graduated and I, I spiraled, man. I spiraled into this separation anxiety of like just being exposed to the one thing I love the most and then having it torn away from me. Mm. And uh, that comes into play later because we had a family of like, people there it was a community yeah. right and so now I'm, I'm thrust into the world of being you know having to work in retail and stuff and I've lost my community of people that are like me yeah. um, so again during uh, high school I did professional wrestling okay. um, but once I left high school 
I lost that confidence because I lost that community and I didn't know how to deal mm. with that. Like nobody ever set me up for dealing with these changes in life. Um, so now we fast forward about 15 years to, to now. And uh, I, I've been through so many different career changes, yeah, uh, yeah. Th- so many different passions from like, I worked in Circuit City. I could have worked there forever until they closed down. Right. That forced me to realize I didn't want to work in retail anymore. So mm-hmm. I found eventually the Academy. Yeah. The Academy uh, was such a place of growth for me. Yeah. Weirdly enough, like here I am teaching these young men how to be kind of members of society and men. And I'm growing at the same time. We're sitting in these uh, groups and we're teaching them things that I'm learning things from them. Mm. Um, so that, that was a big period of growth for me. Uh, so after that, you know, I, I stayed in kind of like the field. I, I worked with adults with disabilities. Yeah. Um, and then I worked with a partner. Um, his name is Paul Tomlinson. We, we worked in a community home together. And all of a sudden we started talking about podcasting and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, I wouldn't have done it on my own. And right. he was like, Hey man, let's do this together. Yeah. And once that started rolling, it started to feed that need I had to like get in yeah. front of people, talk, perform, get my thoughts out. So when we did that, uh, I started to reach out to wrestling companies for wrestling content. And, you know, it was weird. It was like it was meant to be like that, that wrestling world just embraced me so quickly. Um, And uh, I started to see what the companies we were working with. I could see the successes from the companies I worked with as a kid and and the the mistakes the ones are making now. And I pretty much figured out, hey, I could do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, We set up our show to happen right when the pandemic started. So our show got shut down, but that wasn't going to stop us. You know what I mean? Right, right. So we were like, you know what? We don't need an audience, right? Yeah. We can make like a wrestling movie. Yeah. And that's that was the idea. Like we made a wrestling movie called Camp Leapfrog. Mm-hmm. And uh, we put it out on this IWTV, a wrestling streaming service. Yeah. And it was pretty much a hit right off the bat. It was going to be a one-time thing. And now right. we've, been, we've been doing it every month. Wow. And that's, uh, that's awesome to, to, to that, like we've been doing this six months and uh, this weekend we're partnering with the top indie company out there uh, for their 24 hour wrestling show. Wow. Wow. That's awesome, man. So and, and I want to touch on, cause I know you had some challenges, some difficulties, like what was the hardest part for you about all that getting to this place, man? The hardest part honestly was letting go of other people and mm. me having to be there for other people. Um, my brother, who was the toughest journey of the last five years for me, yeah. um, after my friend had died, actually while we were at the academy together, that happened, uh, it, it hit me that like I wasn't ready to lose people, you know. And my brother uh, became addicted to drugs, and I wasn't ready to let him go, and. Yeah. So I fought with him for years, you know, trying to keep him alive and keep him off stuff. And, and in reality, I found out that I was ena- enabling him, you know, mm-hmm. but, but I, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, but it took a lot out of me to uh, be there for him. And uh, so letting him go, uh, he's in prison now, which is the safest thing for him. Yeah. Um, 
but that was one of the things like I realized once I started doing these things like the wrestling and all that that was doing good things for me and I could realize like I could enjoy things for myself other than living yeah. through the happiness of other people that I could help them achieve yeah. uh, that that was my biggest key to success right there mm-hmm. is to find my own joy from from myself which I, I always put on the back burner yeah that's that's critical man that's crucial talk to me about your emotions on that period of time of you know you lost your a close friend you had to let your brother go and it's funny you say that jail is the safest place for him right now, now i get what you mean when you say that a lot of people don't understand but i definitely get it but talk to me about your emotions during that part of that separation and learning healthy attachments and healthy boundaries uh, so through, through the last 15 years, aside from this last year, uh, I would describe that time as just being lost, completely mm-hmm. lost and, um, denying all my feelings, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. not, not, not understanding that I needed to live in those feelings and grow from those feelings. I just completely took any feeling that, uh, regarded me personally and I buried it, I buried it deep. Uh, and I focused on other people and lived through their happiness and success um, because I couldn't, I couldn't deal with my emotions. Yeah. Uh, I, but recently I, I've learned the power of speaking your, your, your truth mm-hmm. and speaking your emotion. Um, I had a pretty weird breakthrough one day. Uh, I, I was in a heated argument and you know, when you're arguing, which is that, mm-hmm. that truth that comes out and you, you don't even intend it. And I said some things that just needed to be said. And, and my mind was just letting it go. Yeah. And when I heard the words that I was saying and I processed them, I was yeah. like, damn. And I broke down. I cried and I had emotions that I never thought I could have. Wow. And uh, from being able to speak those, to hear those things that I was denying, that allowed me to understand it and grow yeah. from it. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 big. So, what was the hardest part for you about that? Was it was it identifying those emotions? Was it processing through, or was it communicating? It was it was honestly, yeah. The hardest part was realizing that those feelings were valid mm. um, because okay. those feelings, like I I would take them, I'd be like, all right, yeah, I feel that way, bury it down. Like, oh, you know, I have I have issues with my father that's not a big deal, bury it down, move on, mm. you know? And then when I speak it, then I feel it. And when I feel it, well, then I can process it and grow from it. And that, that process for me, the understanding it, processing and growing, that's yeah. easy. Okay. But, but the uh, getting it out and like under, like for, trying to dig through and figure out what's down there. And that's kind of the hard part. Um, but I, I, you know, I feel like I've come through a lot of that. Like a lot of my past trauma, I, I've, I've dealt with it. I'm in probably the most happiest place I've ever been in. Um, and there's still a lot to work through, I'm sure. <laughs> right. That's, well, that's, that's great, man. Tell me, like, because that, that's important. Like you said, a lot of your past trauma, we, I like to call it unresolved trauma, yeah. you dealt with it. What are some ways that you dealt with your trauma? Uh. Oh, what did I do? <laughs> All right. uh, uh, you know, just realizing that um, take, taking ownership for things is one thing, but realizing that a lot of things weren't your fault. Yeah. 
that that helps me get through it like um but also like forgiving the people that you do place that blame on Uh, like i said like i said my mom like i have to realize from her perspective she she was pregnant as a teenager she also was the product of a single parent who didn't know what she was doing um did i resent her growing up so much yes much we didn't have a good relationship i i didn't appreciate her at all until recently when i've started making my my breakthroughs in myself mm-hmm. i've started to be able to personally forgive her and now we have a great relationship um you know uh my dad my situation with him like i i knew him until i was about three years old and then he randomly showed up at my uh the week before my graduation but before my graduation he disappeared again yeah. um you know he had his troubles with drugs and stuff but yeah. also again like you're you're a young man like you don't have that guidance yeah. um so guess what like i've been through my stuff so i forgive you you know what i mean and uh, i i have no problem forgiving people for what they've done because i've been through it you know yeah. and i understand that i've i've been misguided i'm learning i'm still learning we're all still learning like um one of the most beautiful things I'm not sure I know how to say this right, but my grandmother has dementia. Yeah. And uh, it's weird to see her as like an older person with mm-hmm. a childlike mentality. But mm-hmm. you see this like 70 some year old person with these like fond memories of their parents and stuff like that. And, you know, it just lets me know that we can we're, we're all still children in a sense, yeah, you know, yeah. like no matter how old we get, we're still learning and growing and none of us have it figured out. Mm-hmm. Some of us may be better than others, you know, and we can all learn from each other. And my biggest thing is community. Yeah. That's my biggest thing now is it's all about community because none of us can do it alone. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's powerful, man. And I love what you're talking about, forgiveness. That's something that played a pivotal role in my healing, man. I, I had to forgive my dad. That same resentment you had towards your mother, that's what I had towards my father. And Kilowatt, it took me into two years till he was dead and gone. Like it took me two years after his death to be able to forgive him and show some understanding and responsiveness to the challenges that he had. And I had to, for me to do that, I had to stop judging him. Yeah. Because he was only able to be what he was. He battled his own addictions his own issues and once i and and it took for me to truly be transparent and vulnerable and start working on my issue to be more understanding and responsive to my father and forgiving me to let let that go because when i forgave it wasn't about him anymore it was about freeing me so that that, that peace and understanding that comes with that man that's that's a powerful thing man i'm glad you were able to get to that point brother Absolutely, man. You know, with what you're saying, uh, recently something popped into my head is that often we're, we're going through life looking everywhere for answers, mm. but all the answers are already within us. Yes. That's, we've got to look within and start healing from within to be able to see a brighter world around us. You know what I mean? Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. So with this growth and this, this this healing that you've been through during this process, how has your definition of a man changed? 
So, uh, you know, it, it's, I, I've heard the word toxic masculinity a lot over mm-hmm. the last couple of years. And I didn't, yeah. I didn't really get it. Like I kind of knew, you know, a lot of the toxic male traits, but uh, just this freeing of my mind and, uh, and, and my emotions and letting it yeah. go. And, you know, like you say a lot, this being vulnerable. Yeah. There, that, that's my definition of being a man now, like to, to mm. be fully conquering yourself mm. and, and, and being able to be open and, and be honest about your emotions and, and your feelings and, you know, to deny that we have that, that that's not masculine. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I want to use the word masculinity, but like, that's not being a man. A man is a leader. In, in my yeah. opinion, it always has been like a man is a leader. Uh, doesn't have to be the leader of the household or the family, but like a leader in, in the community and a leader of, I want to say a leader of yourself, like conquering yeah. yourself Absolutely. is a big thing. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, often growing up, like the image of a man was somebody who doesn't show emotion and, and doesn't yeah. Yeah. Uh, let, yeah. you, let you in. Like my, my brother's grandfather, you know, he would never say, I love you. He'd just go, mm. you know, we tell him, I love you. And he's like, uh. <laughs> yeah, right. you know, but, uh, yeah. So, yeah, you know, again, this comes from knowing what I didn't want to be. And yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of, uh, to answer that question is I can think about what I want to be for my children in the future. Wow. And yeah. I want I want my children to be open and I want them to be honest and I don't want them to have to be confused like I was confused. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to wonder. But at the same time, like I'm not gonna impose myself and my belief on them. I'm gonna let them figure it out for themselves. Absolutely. But with a positive and nurturing environment. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's that's wonderful, man. So we you know, we talked about vulnerability and I wanna I wanna throw out two words for you. I just want you to to say the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear them, okay? Okay. What are your thoughts on vulnerability and transparency? I think it's the most essential thing there is. Yeah. Because, um, you know, like I said, community is important with me and yeah. there's no community without relationships yeah. and there's no relationships without transparency Ooh. and vulnerability. Mm. Right? <laughs> that was deep, bro. And I yeah. knew... Right when you said it, I knew where you were going, and it hit me like, "Oh, that's deep. Yeah. That's deep." Like I, before you even got it out, I said, "Oh, I know where you're going." With <laughs> and that's powerful, brother. I love that, man. I love that. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, in, in the spirit of vulnerability and transparency, man, and, and and being open and honest, what is one of the things you still struggle with today? What's a challenge that you still have to this day, man? That you're really working hard to overcome in your personal development. Uh, you know, I still think that. Um, there are things, not necessarily big things, mm-hmm. um, but there are things that like, I'm not ready for certain people in my life to be let in on. Um, mm, okay. Like, it's weird. Like, I can sit here and I will let you in on everything. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, when it comes to my mom, like I still struggle with that. Okay. Um, I, you know, I still struggle with like a couple of different people, like in my family, like, if they tune into a podcast, then they'll be like, oh, why are you telling them things you never told me? Right. Because I, you know what, I, I, it's sometimes it's easier for me to trust a stranger than it is for somebody that's so close to me. 
Yeah, that, that's real though, man. That's yeah. that's real, and I and I I definitely appreciate that, brother. So let's talk about let's switch gears real quick, man. I want to talk about self care, man. And I throw this word out there, and kind of men kind of struggle with self care. So like, yeah. what are some things you do, man, to take care of yourself to practice self care? You know, it's, it's just a, a, a and it comes it comes it comes with that vulnerability. Yeah. Uh, and just being open to experiencing my emotions that that's been like the biggest uh, one of the bigger struggles is to allow yourself to experience unpleasant emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah. and, you know, we're all we're all here for being happy in good times, but not a, not not all of us want to sit there and uh, learn from our depression or yeah. our anxieties. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I'm here for it, man. Like, I, I couldn't, I went through a bout of uh, anxiety a couple years ago. And I knew, as terrifying as it was, I wasn't going to get through it until I learned what was causing it. And I couldn't learn what was causing it unless I experienced those emotions. Um, you know, and that that's, that's self-care to me, man, is experiencing your emotions and learning from everything you're feeling everything around you and especially the things within you man that's awesome i agree with you brother so i know you're big into wrestling man and yeah. i want to touch on that a little bit what are, but what are some other things that you do that bring you joy man uh i have you know i i do get pigeonholed as somebody who loves wrestling and I do. Right. But uh my biggest thing about me is I get joy from creating. Okay. Um so you know I do podcasts periodically. Um this last year I've taught myself graphic design to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Uh by no mean am I an artist, but like I right. can create a poster and yeah. I'm pretty excited about that. Um you know acting directing basically taking something from nothing and making it something is the most beautiful thing to me yeah uh that brings me a lot of joy and the thing that i've taken for granted the most over the last like 15 to 10 15 years is to be social like coronavirus has taught me to stop taking that for granted and yeah man you know i i was so focused on my financial success and my professional success that I neglected my personal success. Mm. And um, that's, that's what I've learned the most is it's my time. It's time for me to feel good, not necessarily worry about, you know, what society tells me I need to feel. So that, that's a big thing for me too. Mm. That's um, awesome, man. That's awesome. So let's, let's touch. And, and I, you know, I play football. That's a very masculine sport, man. It's, Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a very contact sport, man. It's a lot that goes into wrestling. Contact sport. Yeah. You, you know, you got that, you have to be tough. You have to be this and that. So tell me how masculinity plays into the world of wrestling, or let's say a false into masculinity. Do you, are yeah. you having that experience with that? Well, absolutely. Uh, that's, uh, that's the beautiful thing about Camp Leapfrog is that we have anybody from any walk of life at our uh, company. We have the entire spectrum of the LGBTQ community. Wow. Um, 
like literally we have you know somebody who identifies as trans we have mm -hmm. you know your 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 queers gay lesbian and straight and all that as well yeah. uh, and i think that's a beautiful thing because we can all learn from each other because we're heading towards what i hope is a world of acceptance yeah. um so having people in your company and in this profession or sport i that are able to coexist and identify as those things in what traditionally is perceived as a super masculine sport yeah it's a beautiful thing the tides are turning man wow um, that is awesome yeah so like i think the wrestling community as a sport is probably the most inclusive and progressive community there is from the participants to the fans i think you know as far as the new age fans they're all willing to accept whatever you have to offer as long as they can connect to it yeah yeah i, I get it man that's that's awesome man that is awesome yeah, i'm very so proud of that what when it comes to masculinity what is one piece of advice you would give men of all ages regarding masculinity uh as far as the masculinity i grew up with and everything like that uh you know don't don't buy into your classic definitions of masculinity mm. don't buy into that um, yeah. and you know what uh the reality is uh there <laughs> I, I wrote down here <laughs> that uh the facts of life are that there are no facts yeah <laughs> you know i like that no matter what you believe or have been taught about being a man or being masculine, it's up to you to decide what that means. It's not for anybody else to tell you what that is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's big, man. So listen, I want to touch base on a little bit with digging into this wrestling world, man, because you got an inside view. I was yeah. big into wrestling coming up, man. I loved it, man. Some of my favorites were like Ric Flair, Dusty yeah. Rhodes, of course, Hulk Hogan, man, Absolutely. Shawn Michaels. Um, I want to talk now. I, it's hard for me to get into it now. Not from the belief that wrestling is fake. I know it's not fake. I know right. it's sports entertainment. Correct. I know it's not fake, though. It's, it's you know, you, it's, and a lot goes into performing these moves and executing and everything like that. But okay. I just can't get into the new age wrestlers. And I think that's just who I am. I don't like a lot of new age stuff. I'm a 90s guy. I'm a, yeah. born in the 80s. So when it comes to music and, and thing, I just, I don't, just new generation. I, I can't. I can't really get into a lot of what's going on. I don't know if I'm being biased or whatever the case oh. is, But talk to me now about the, the 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 shape of wrestling where it is right now compared to where it was back in the day. Yeah, I think the problem with wrestling today is, well, there's two things. One, I feel like there's a lack of creativity. Mm. Um, okay. And and well, maybe there's three things. Uh, two, I, I think too often they're trying to repeat the things, the success that they had back in the 90s. Um, okay. and, and and so much in that is to bring back like, oh, well, we're going to bring back like D-Generation X or we're going to bring back the NWO. But you know what? Like none, none of that's doing anything. Like it's a cheap pop for a minute and then yeah. you know, you're back to being mediocre. But uh, three, I think, is the dilution of your creativity through people-pleasing. Yeah. Uh, so, like, the WWE, you know, I may only be able to tune in for one 10-minute segment, and then the rest of the show is trash. Okay. And uh, that, that's a big problem. But now we're starting to see competition. Okay. Uh, 
we're, we're seeing AEW, which is more, uh, there's still storyline to it, but it's more a display of athleticism, mm-hmm. which I think is fun. Um, then you have your independent uh, circuit, which, which I'm a part of. Right. Uh, I, I like to say that we're, we, while we bring fun to the sport, like almost like a childlike fun, yeah. I mean, we, we still swear and have some adult content in there. Yeah. Um, but we like to bring almost that childlike joy and fun to the product and, and allow, I like to compare ourselves to like the cartoon of professional wrestling. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, it's about positivity. It's about fun. Uh, but it's also about displaying like uh, the traditional aspects of wrestling from around the world. Yeah. Uh, so we try to do, uh, you know, Japanese style. We do a lot of Lucha style okay. and uh, as well as your regular technical stuff. Uh, I think when you tune into our product, you tune into uh, at least one or two things you're going to enjoy. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to check that out, man. Uh, like I said, wrestling is something that you got. I know recently the Undertaker just retired. Right. Um, that, that was huge. Um, I don't understand how you guys can go this long, though. You know, it's like that's that, right. that, was, that was a lot. Ric Flair was wrestling for a while. You know, just I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't get it, man. But it's but one of those things that I'll tell you, uh, you know, yoga is a big th- uh, thing in that. Uh, if you remember Diamond Dallas Page, yeah, DVD, yeah, his yoga, he, yeah, yeah, his yoga took Chris Jericho from having uh, three, I believe, ruptured discs in his back without surgery healing the man through the ddp yoga and now uh jericho i think he's like 50 52 something like that yeah he's probably still one of the best professional wrestlers on the face of the planet at that age he's still wrestling i didn't know he was still wrestling yeah he's the face of the new company AEW. he wow pretty well now are they really competing with wwe right now Um, or i don't think anybody can necessarily do that can, can anybody compete with WWE? I, I think they're too big. I think t- WWE is too big. And whether you like their product or not, they do that people-pleasing. So, like, so many people are still going to tune in to see what they like. Um, so, no, I don't think they really can compete. Uh, they do go head-to-head with one of their products, which is, like, their developmental product, the okay. WWE. Um, they do pretty good against that. But, no, they're never going to take over the company. There's no way. Yeah, I got it, man. I got it. Listen, brother, I want to ask you one last question, man. And, and, and I'm going to ask it in two different ways. Whatever whatever way resonates with you, you answer it. You know what I mean? Because I get a lot of different answers, a lot of different thoughts when it comes to this. But what I want to ask you, man, is what type of legacy are you leaving in this world? Or when it's all said and done, how do you want to be remembered? Man, that that's, that's an answer that's changed so much yeah. uh, at this point. Uh, the legacy I want to leave is man i don't know (laughs) it's 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 got to be it's got to be about the person i am now you know uh, and the person i am now is like i feel like i have clarity i feel i have direction but most of all it's got to be the positivity uh and and the incredible amount of love and compassion that i have to give and again community that's my biggest thing like my my goal right now is to create a better community so when i when i leave this earth man i want to have left behind a community of positive forward-thinking people yeah yeah hey man that's awesome brother listen man i appreciate you taking time to talk to me today man i love 
everything you have going on, brother. I'm going to support as much as I can. I can't wait until we're able to really move and travel. I definitely want to come see you, see Camp Frog and what you guys got going on, brother. And, you know, anything that you got going on, you know, I'm going to support. I'm going to be there for, man, because I know you're always there for me. So real quick, let people know about you, where they can catch you at. Let them know about your podcast, everything you got going on, brother. All right. Well, uh, to keep it simple, you can follow me personally at Real Kilowatt on all social media, uh, or even more personally at Alex Watt on on Facebook. Um, you can follow my High Tension Wrestling at High Tension HTW on all social media. Uh, but our most current and active product is Camp Leapfrog, which is at Camp Leapfrog again on all social media. Hey, man. That's awesome, brother. Kilowatt, I want you to know, man, you are a made man. You are motivated. You are accessible. You're disciplined and you're expressive. I love what you got going on, brother. I love you, man. And I wish you the best with everything you got going on and look forward to seeing more of your awesomeness in 2021, my man. Thank you. Likewise, brother. All right, brother. Take care, brother. I'll talk with you soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I truly hope something on this episode resonated with you. It is my hope that you know that no matter what you're dealing with or what you're going through, you don't have to suffer in silence, isolation, and shame. We all have struggles. We all have things that we are dealing with. And ignoring or avoiding what you're thinking and feeling and not allowing yourself to be vulnerable or express any internal hurt and pain doesn't make you more of a man. Please understand that. Also, please, share this episode. You never know what someone is going through and something in this episode may help. Remember, no matter what it is or how hard it is, that's not all there is. You don't have to stay stuck or struggling. Your power is in your choices. So what type of choices are you going to make today? I'm here, my brother. You know I love you. Yes, you you are enough. I just want to be. I can't relate to you, brother, cause you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man.